When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know that I've ever heard a story that shattered my hopes for the Dallas Cowboys than the one that we are about to dive into on tonight's show. And also, well, you know, let's talk some senior bowl and specifically a player that missed it that happens to be my first pet cat of the offseason. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome everyone on a Monday night. It is an odd night to talk some Cowboys football because today there was an audio making the rounds on the Cowboys Twitter space or X uh, space. And it's a Twitter clip that shout out to Connor Lipsey. He, he shared it on Twitter and it's up to almost half a million views uh, per Twitter. I think it's even more than that since I'm not sure that it adds the numbers that it does when you quote tweet it. So anyways, a lot of plays it's gotten. It's gotten a lot of plays. And the clip is from the About Them Cowboys podcast, which is a it is a very, very good podcast. You should follow it. It's from The Athletic Crew. So you get John Mashuda, uh, Mashada, excuse me. You get, uh, uh, you get the whole uh, The Athletic Crew in there. And it's a fun listen. And it's very insightful. I really respect obviously, all of them. But John Mashoda shared a, a Cowboys anecdote from when he worked with the team. And let me tell you that it was not a fun one. We're, we're about to listen to it, but it's about Stephen Jones in the NFL war room, in the draft war room, and he's sharing a story that, man, I, I'm going li- to let you listen to it and then we'll dive into it. Uh, so here we go. I'm about to play the clip. Volume alert in case you want to be ready to adjust your volume in case the clip it is too loud. So let's hear it. Here we go. Will's got there. a lot to say. That reminded me of something. Uh, when I worked there, one of my favorite parts was after the draft, going through all the tape of the draft and seeing who called them because it's all recorded, you know, like all the – all the, all the trade requests and all that. It's all, it's all, they're just seeing, you know, all that, like, so this is stuff they turned down, you know, uh, when they could seeing or, or, or listening, seeing and listening because it's all the, the phone lines are, you know, if you watch the secret audio, the phone lines are all connected in through the cameras too. So every did the lions ever try and offer him Stafford? I'm just, um, I'm just kidding. I know another line <laughs> saying that I'm not going to mention spe- yeah. specifics about, but there was a call on the, about the lions. Uh, from the Lions during this time. 
And Calvin Johnson, the Lions Sorry. called him <laughs> and and offered him somebody. And Stephen was like, "Who is that?" And I mean, it was a it was a pretty decent name. And he was like, "Who?" And the Lions Megatron. Like, oh, uh, he's a blah blah blah. And they explained who it is. He's like, "Oh, we'll call you back." And Stephen just like hangs up the phone and just sits there and keeps watching the draft. <laughs> doesn't even tell anyone that somebody called. Doesn't even ask Will who this guy is. <laughs> and then. <laughs> The guy calls back like five minutes later. It's like, hey, did you think about that? And he's like, yeah, no. Bye. <laughs> Yikes. Man, I, that story even feels like it's made up. Obviously, it isn't, but it's so bad that it feels like it is. And I'm going to start off by saying I hate these storylines. Like, I really do. I don't know that, uh, you know, as somebody that's followed the Cowboys all of his life, I don't know if there is one storyline that I hate more than the whole, you know, the Joneses don't care about winning or Jerry Jones just cares about making money. I just hate that. I hate when that enters a conversation. Now, I'm not saying any of it is wrong, though. Like, I would just much rather talk some football, talk about the players, talk about the coaching. And deep down, I do think like, hey, Jerry does want to win a Super Bowl. He just maybe hasn't figured out how to do it since the 90s when Jimmy Johnson was running the team. But when you listen to stories like that one, it's hard to ignore where the Cowboys are at. Recently, Ryan Broaddus went off on 105.3 The Fan talking about how this no longer was Jerry Jones's team. It was Stephen Jones's team. And it's been that way uh, for a while. I don't have to tell you about the 2014 NFL draft story where Stephen Jones took the card away from Jerry Jones, with which he was trying to draft Johnny Manziel out of Texas A&M. And instead, the uptick for Zach Martin, who has been uh, a Hall of Famer, honestly, on the field for the Cowboys. So we've known that for a while. But for a long time, you've still heard this story about, hey, when Stephen Jones takes over the team, th things are going to be different. However, now that it is Stephen Jones's team, and it is maybe just like a lot of Cowboys fans maybe haven't realized it yet, but slowly we are getting there. And I'm going to say something in a little bit here about how the mainstream narrative is turning a little bit. But as we realize that this is indeed Stephen Jones's team, it's tough to have hope. When you hear that sort of story where, listen, my problem is not that Stephen Jones did not know who the Lions player was. Even the best GMs probably do not know every single player on every single NFL team. There's probably somebody that they're going to have to look up. But if you're on draft night and you get that call and you hear a name that you don't know, and you're in a war room filled with scouts, filled with executives like Will McClay, who is the basically like the de facto general manager, at least on draft day. And he doesn't even turn, Stephen, he doesn't even turn to Will McClay and he's like, hey man, who is this guy? Because maybe you listen that, hey, this guy is actually legit and we could use him or he would be a scheme fit or actually I've liked him for a really long time. He might have heard something like that, right? Or maybe he might have gone like, oh, man, don't bother, right? But at least now you know. And for Stephen Jones 
to be in such a possession where he doesn't even want to hear who the Lions are offering tells you about how little flexibility this Cowboys team has. They are stubborn in their ways, and I get wanting to draft your players, but if you're not even listening to what the other side is offering you when a trade call is being you know, developed, then what are you doing team building-wise, right? You got to find out at the very least. And it's frustrating to hear that sort of story when you know this is the guy running the team. And we do know it is him running the team. And as we discuss after such a painful playoff loss from the wildcard round versus the Green Bay Packers, as we discuss what the Cowboys potential paths are in the 2024 offseason, one of the potential paths that has come up time and time again is the possibility to blow it up all. Uh, blow, blow it all up, excuse me. We know they're not going to do that because they're bringing back Mike McCarthy. If Dan Quinn does not land a head coaching job, they're going to bring Dan Quinn back. It's not like we are betting on a quarterback change. And I'm not saying that's wrong or anything. You guys know how I feel about Dak Prescott. Uh, I still like that guy. Uh, even if I'm concerned about the postseason, though, however. Um, but my point is they're running it back exactly the same. And so our thinking has been, well, if you're going to run it back, you're going to do something differently, either in free agency or in the war room when you're making those picks in the NFL draft. Maybe they trade up. Maybe they roll the dice on a high upside wide receiver instead of taking an offensive tackle in the first round. Maybe they do something drastic to change things up. That's more or less our thinking here because we're looking for that silver lining, right? We're looking for that little beam of light of hope that gets us excited about the 2024 NFL season. But then we got to remember when we hear that story that we just heard that that is the guy that is going to be making that pick or that is the guy that is going to be running uh, free agency, especially free agency. Because, you know, the draft, it's uh, it's Will McClay's show. I get that. Uh, Will McClay runs the draft and the Cowboys do want to hear what the coaches have to say. Uh, Dan Quinn has been been involved in the scouting process. We know all about that, but ultimately it is Will McClay's show and we know that. But man, I just don't know how I can bet on the Cowboys blowing it all up or making big swings in free agency or doing things differently when the guy that is running the team is the same guy that didn't know who the opposing team was offering or in the trade call and didn't bother asking somebody about it didn't bother doing the due diligence you know the cowboys like to throw that term ar around a whole lot they they say oh yeah we're doing our due diligence in free agency on this guy on this prospect we are always looking for talent they also love that one man that's one of their favorite lines they're always like oh talent acquisition is a year-round business and we are always looking for opportunities to improve our roster. Unless it is draft night and you're getting a call and somebody's offering you a player. That's when they're not even, you know, hearing about like that, 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 uh, they don't want to, talent acquisition is not taking place when that's going on, right? 
They like to say it is, but when somebody's getting giving them a call and being like, I'll give you this player in a trade, they don't even want to find out who it is they're offering. And I do think that's kind of frustrating because people love to talk about, you know, going back to the 90s and going back to the Cowboys days when they were winning. And the simple truth about those years is that it wasn't Jerry making the call, right? Sure, Jerry was involved in a lot of decisions and he always had the money for it and he was willing to throw money around. He was one of the guys that maybe pushed free agency in those early days and got all of those 49ers stars to come play for the Dallas Cowboys and all that. But it was Jimmy Johnson making the moves. And I don't want to sound like a, a boomer. I didn't even get to witness those days of glory for the Dallas Cowboys. But it's known that that wasn't Jerry Jones making the personnel decisions. It was Jimmy Johnson. It was a football team made up of football guys that were building the championship teams. And nowadays, it really is Stephen Jones for the most part. And they have Will McClay, who is excellent in the NFL draft. And that is why this team is even competitive in the first place. But when you look at the future of the Cowboys, the whole idea that, hey, Stephen Jones is going to take over the team soon and it's no longer going to be Jerry Jones and we're going to be A-OK, that couldn't be any falser. That's absolute BS. It's not the reality of the Cowboys. This is a Stephen Jones team and we're living that era already. And if anything is going to happen, it is that he's going to get more power and more power. And man, I do wonder what will happen when it's only Steven and we got to figure out like how the structure of the team is going to look like. Like when Jerry Jones needs to get rid of the general manager title, right? Is it going to go to Will McClay or is it going to go to Stephen Jones, for example? I think that's a fair question to ask at this point. And more than that, though, I would just love it if they wouldn't touch the player personnel type stuff. They wouldn't, you know, shout out to Mike White from Twitter at Not To Be Tried, who recently tweeted, Stephen Jones just likes to cosplay as a football guy. It would be fun if the Cowboys had a true football guy like Will McClay, but that he had the final say of everything and it was his team fully and maybe he had a salary cap guru that could manipulate all of these deals and be more proactive with the salary cap or maybe he would have a more proactive draft strategy because another thing that i'd like it's just coming to my mind now when we talk about moving on from Dak prescott like the, the portion of the fan base that wants Dak gone like i understand that because of the postseason struggles and everything but look at the teams that have moved on. Like, look at Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, for example. When they moved on, they at least had somebody that they had groomed for the position that they felt comfortable enough in playing in Jordan Love because they were proactive and had drafted a QB in the first round in previous years. And this was while paying Aaron Rodgers. So while... The Cowboys are out here selling you the storyline that, hey, there's only, speaking of lines that they love, uh, there's only so many slices of pie to go around. The Packers are drafting somebody in the first round and paying Aaron Rodgers, right? So it's just, man, whew. it's frustrating. And it's one of those things where it's like, 
you know the Cowboys are not going to push the chips all in. And I love Benjamin Solak line on a recent article that he had. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the article at hand. But Benjamin Solak, after the Cowboys playoff loss, wrote an article for The Ringer. And The Ringer usually puts out banger articles, by the way. Shout out to them. And Solak was like, what Jerry Jones and the Cowboys basically do not figure out, have not figured out yet, is that you don't need stability to win championships. You actually need instability. You actually need to make that risky decision. You actually need to go get that big free agent or you actually are going to have to trade up in the NFL draft to get your guy, the guy that is missing for your team, that sort of stuff. And I love that line from Benjamin Solak because it sure sounds like the Cowboys are just, you know, looking for some civility, looking to remain relevant and looking to remain uh, a 12 win type team. And going back to what I said at the beginning, I hate these storylines. I hate to say it because sure, they maybe are interested in winning. But then you listen to Jerry Jones adding insult to injury in the radio. Let's listen to this clip from 105.3 The Fan. If anybody is uh, uh, thinking that we have more said about us or more visibility, if they're saying that, that's exactly what I'm, I try to do. And I would do want to keep them talking about the Cowboys <laughs> and have from the day I got here. And so, again, uh, I'm smiling and I'm saying it with all the positive in the world. If we've got them talking about us, uh, we're doing our job. Listen to that, man. You know, if they're talking about us, we're doing our job, period, right? So you... Like, it's all, it all goes together. I'm not saying you should be outraged at that clip by itself. But you take all of it, all of the context into account. The way that they do business, football-wise. The way that Stephen Jones runs the team. The way that Jerry Jones talks about the team on the radio. And I do understand Cowboys Nation being hopeless this offseason. Like, hey, it's sports and it's football, and I know that we're going to be excited. Heck, we're going to end this show talking about a prospect here for the NFL draft, and we're going to be turning the page. I understand that. Like, we're not going to be just hopeless throughout the entire offseason because it's not how sports work in general. It's not how uh, being a fan works. But right now, it does seem like, hey, Cowboys Nation should be in a low in quite the low over the last few years, like this, this might be the lowest point that I've felt uh, Cowboys hope has been. Perhaps the the most recent example of of this hope being so low was when they traded away Amari Cooper. But that was them taking a decision or making a decision that the Cowboys fans disagreed with. This is not that. This is just us being here like, well, damn it. I don't know how this gets better, basically. That, that's what Cowboys fans are, the world that they are living in right now, and it's frustrating for sure. Let's see some of your comments here before we move on, though. Uh, shout out to everyone here who is joining the show. I appreciate you. As always, we've got Sean saying, uh, Stephen, Stephen isn't that dumb. Cowboys are a cash cow, and I have faith that Stephen will appoint a general manager 
when it's his time. Why be rich if you have to keep working a lot? It doesn't make sense. Now, hey, I hope you're right, Sean. I hope you are right. I'm not sure I would bet on that, though. Like, if that was Stephen's wishes, I'm not sure why he would be doing it today. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how that changes anything, if that makes sense, right? I'm not sure he's just in there just for the quality time with that, if that makes sense. And I don't want to sound mean or anything like that, but my point is he's already rich. So if he didn't want to be there, he already would not be there, is what I'm trying to say. This is where I will make a parenthesis here very quickly, and I will say that I do love that the mainstream the mainstream narrative is slowly becoming let Charlotte run the team. I love that. I don't think it will happen, but I love how Cowboys Nation is slowly turning from when Stephen Jones runs this team will be fine to holy heck, I wish they would let Charlotte run the team. Because Charlotte is a very capable woman. Like, she knows how to do business. She knows how to lead. She knows how to build a team. I strongly believe she would give the Cowboys their best shot at winning the Super Bowl. Travis here says, it is frustrating, Mo, with Stephen running things just too predictable. And I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, the instability thing that we just talked about. And Travis says, at least with Jerry, we made bold moves and signings that kept things interesting. Yeah, Jerry would have drafted Johnny Mansell, <laughs> right? Shorty says, um, yep, Jerry was learning the NFL business and financing, and Jimmy Johnson was calling the shots of football. And, you know, you hear all of these stories about Jerry and Jimmy. And Jerry, even when he pulled the press conferences and he talked about uh, Tony Casillas and he talked about, like, this player and that player, and that was, like, where the rift started with Jimmy Johnson, all that he wanted to do was have an audience, right? Have an audience so he can talk basically what he's doing right now. He has his weekly show on 105.3 The Fan. He talks to the media. He holds his press conferences. That's what he's doing, right? He basically has a podcast, to put it one way. That's what Jerry Jones does these days. He just doesn't host the podcast or the... He's an influencer for the Cowboys, a brand ambassador, if you will. And I'm obviously exaggerating here, but my point is that's what Jerry did in the 90s. He wasn't in the war room being like, oh yeah, I don't know who that guy is, but I'm not interested by, right? He All of that was not Jerry's call, and now it is basically Stephen's call, which sucks. Let's see here. Uh, you see that it says marketing, that's what Jerry knows. Yep, exactly. Troy says the ability to delegate to a deep and knowledgeable staff is key to any successful organization. And I can guarantee you that Charlotte would do that. I can guarantee you she would know how to do that. But Stephen does not want to do the delegating part of it because he wants to be involved, basically, is how I view this. And the problem is he either he isn't good at it or he just, maybe to Sean's point earlier, he just isn't, it's like Conor McGregor, right? <laughs> I'm going on a wild example here. I'm sorry. But it's like Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor can do any promos he wants for his next fight, but he's just not in it. Like, 
It's not that hungry guy that, you know, came from nowhere earlier in his career and all he cared about was punching people and winning fights. Now he's out there selling whiskey and going on his jet and going to Paris and just being like this immense superstar who isn't fully bought into fighting anymore. And I could see that being the case for Stephen Jones, to your point, uh, Sean, and to what somebody just said here about delegating, right? Stephen wants to be around, but he's also maybe not that 100% football guy that many of these top-tier general managers are in the NFL. Anyways, uh, it's going to be a shorter show than usual here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. And before I get out of here, I do want to talk about Troy Fautanu. And I just want to talk about him because, man, you guys know that I always start a little bit late on my draft watching prospects. Like, I don't do it during the season. I basically do it after the playoffs. And I don't do my draft guide or I don't do, like, draft rankings. I just watch players and I have thoughts on them and I share them with you. But I don't view myself as a evaluator, if you will, at least not yet. Uh, however, man, I've watched Troy Fautanu. I've watched three games of him, and I'm, I, I like him. I wanted him to be in the Senior Bowl, but he's not going to make it. He was an invitee, um, didn't show up, though. So no Troy Fautanu in the Senior Bowl. He is the left tackle for the Washington Huskies, who were in the national championship. And what I wanted to hear from him was two things. One, arm length, because... All of these like draft evaluators are listing him as a guard more often than they are as a tackle, even though he played left tackle. But I also think he doesn't have like short arms. So I think that he's going to come in at the 34-inch mark, more or less. And I was interested in him maybe exceeding those expectations <clears throat> a little bit and maybe us thinking like, oh, he could actually be uh, a tackle. And I also wanted to see him be on one-on-ones versus several of these top guys. But, man, let me say, let me show you a couple of plays here from Fautano. You're watching, (coughs) sorry, the left tackle. So he's going to show up to the right of your screen, at least in the first play. And, man, he's just somebody that moves like a guy who knows where he's going and how he should move. This is a play where he's just picking up an inside blitz there from number 10. The explosiveness, he's square when he makes contact. And man, this guy wins reps with his feet. This guy wins reps with his feet before he even makes contact. Look at this play, man. He's over on the left side, and I'm going to slow this down for you. But it's a quick third down pass pro rep where you can see him win the rep with his feet first, who is already in position, hand placement, bids the defender, And he's working independently. Like, what I mean by that is independently from his feet. I'm going to play the clip again so we can get to that last one. It's all together, so I have to play it from the start. But Troy Fautano, to me, looks like somebody who is ready to enter an NFL field and play and ball out. That's how I view Troy Fautano at this point. Now, I would like him out of guard. But I wouldn't dismiss him at left tackle either. I'm not sure he's the Cowboys fit at left tackle. But here we go. Here we go with that play that I was talking about. For those in the podcast audience, man, what we're looking at is Troy Fautano setting for a pass pro and throwing punches while working the set with his feet. 
So he's not like stopping because he's throwing a punch. And that's called like working independently from your feet uh, in terms of the hands. So I really like who Troy Fautano is as an offensive lineman. I was having a conversation about him with Skywalker Steele over on Twitter. And <clears throat> Sky brought up like the violence with which he plays. And I agree. He is violent. But what I told Sky is I call it smooth, like smooth uh, violence because it's so controlled. And the hand placement and the footwork is top tier for, for Troy Fautano. So while he can be very violent, he's not like one of those offensive linemen that you just point out the violence because they're just somebody that wants to get physical and wants to, you know, toss apart everyone they find in their way. Troy Fotano is just, he does his that strap thing a lot in pass pro too. So I love seeing that. Reminds you of Tyron Smith, obviously. He doesn't have a lot of strength, in my opinion. Like, he's not somebody that is just going to send you flying with contact. But he's a technician. And he's violent with it, but he's a technician. So excited about him. Obviously one of the best offensive guards or, or you know, offensive linemen in general for this 2024 NFL draft. Could see him, though, uh, late in the round for the Cowboys, and I'm interested in him. I wanted to see him in the Senior Bowl, so I just wanted to close this show out with those thoughts, and I'm going to try to be doing that a little bit here on primetime as well. I'm not going to pretend I'm uh, an NFL draft guy firstly because I am not. I'm more of a aficionado of the NFL draft, if you will, of watching film at least, but I do want to have a better database for you guys in the NFL draft this offseason. So that's going to be the goal from now on, at least having these uh, smart segments where I talk about some of the players that I like, and I hope you enjoy the ride. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I am done for the night. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show, and I appreciate you being here with me. Hit the like button for me if you enjoyed it. And I will see you tomorrow night. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. And I'll see you el día de mañana. Bye-bye.